Today is going to be week three of our series that, uh, that we're calling The Blessing. Pastor Ed uh, is actually at a pastor's conference. Uh, he just took off about an hour ago. Um, so I get the chance to, uh, to share with you week three. And uh, last week, um, Pastor Ed talked about how God blesses our lives so that we can bless other people. And we actually uh, had these postcards. We've got some right here, actually. We've got some left from last week. And we, we gave out postcards or made them available for you that already have postage on them for you to send uh, a handwritten note of, of encouragement uh, to, to somebody that you know and just, just to bless somebody that, that maybe God's put on your heart, uh, you know, a word of affirmation. And, uh, and we have some left. So if you, maybe you weren't here last week, you didn't get a chance to do that, maybe there's somebody else on your heart and you already sent out one, you want to send out another, there's, there's a couple uh, left down here. You can feel free to come up and grab them at the end of the service. Um, and you know, it's funny because when you're talking about blessing other people, um, I, I have a hard time not thinking about my dad because uh, he's one of the most giving people that I know. And, and it's funny, I don't know how many of you have used this before. You have this person that's that relative in your life that they're always the person that has to like pay for the meal when you go out and all of that stuff. Um, and, and he's super giving, but it's funny because he always uses this thing when, when you know, me and uh, my brother-in-law, uh, Dustin, will we'll try to tell him, like, Dad, you're not paying for the meal. And he'll say, don't rob me of the blessing. Don't rob me of that blessing. And then you're like, well, all right. You know, I mean, you almost can't one-up him there. Um, and, and so in some ways, we've kind of quit, quit asking um, because he's just that guy. But um, we know those people that are, that are like that, but... You know, we ended with the idea that, that you've been blessed by God to be a blessing to others in Jesus' name. And we all have different ways that we can bless other people in terms of the way that God has wired us. But the idea that we're going to look at today is really simple because that, it is a simple idea in terms of blessing other people. But today's idea is, is also really simple, which is the idea of blessing other people with prayer. And, and we're going to talk about what that looks like. And, and prayer, while it can come off as a, as a very just simple idea, it's really one of the best things that we can do for people. It really is. And it's super powerful. Um, you know, we, we don't always use this power that we have of prayer. We, we have such, such amazing power that God has given us to be able to talk to the creator of the universe anytime, anytime that we want, doesn't matter where we're at, what we're doing, we can talk to God at any time. I don't know if that's it, sometimes we need a refresher to kind of let that sink in for a second. I mean, just think about that. The creator of the universe, you can talk to anytime you want. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. How many of you would actually say that you have been blessed by someone else praying for you? I, I know I have been, big time. If you haven't, or if you couldn't raise your hand, let me say you more than likely can raise your hand because I would say that virtually everybody has probably been prayed for at least one time or another. Um, and, and it's amazing because prayer actually, it makes a difference. Prayer really does make a difference, but we don't, I don't think we think about it that way as much. It's one of those things that can easily, unfortunately, it can easily just kind of slip through the cracks. And, you know, we, we can just randomly say to somebody, yeah, I'll pray, for, yeah, I'll be, I'll be praying for you. But we just say that flippantly sometimes and maybe have no intention of actually praying for them. It's, it's one of those like, bless your heart. You know, we'll, we'll say that one, bless his heart. Um, it's that kind of thing. But you know, it's funny when we started this series and we work out a little, you know, pretty far in advance creatively on these things. And, and when Pastor had brought the title of the series to us and told us that it was going to be called The Blessing, um, 
you know, there was just something I couldn't get off my mind, um, a particular part of a movie that I just couldn't get out of my head, and I'm sure some of you have thought the same thing from the time to start. And then when he told me, Jay, you're going to be speaking the week on prayer, I'm like, well, okay, then I have to use this video clip. So let's just get this out of the way for myself and for you, shall we? Before we begin, since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. What, dear? Grace! Grace! She passed away 30 years ago. They want you to say grace. The blessing. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 <laughs> I just couldn't quit thinking about the blessing. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that's quoted all the time. But what's funny about this clip is that clearly this is not how we should pray. Um, I wouldn't even call that a prayer, to be quite honest. We all know that was a Pledge of Allegiance. But, you know, bless her heart, she clearly had no clue what was going on. And Cousin Eddie never knows what's going on. Um, so he just stands up and joins in. And, but while it's really funny, and it is funny to kind of look at that, it's also really obvious, as I said, that this is not how we should pray. Um, and so... We're going to look at something today in terms of how we should pray. Um, and I kind of have to start with, with this idea that's sort of, I guess, tough to say and, and maybe tough to hear, but it's the truth. And that is that not all, of our, not all prayers receive God's favor. And that's sort of a hard thing to say and, and, and a tough thing to understand, but, but it's the truth. Not all prayer receives God's favor. Um, Jesus taught his followers how to not pray um, and to not pray like the religious leaders of the day. While he did teach how to pray, he also was very specific on ways that we should not pray. Um, and the Bible says that a lot of those people were only praying to be seen and to be heard. Um, and so the question then becomes, how do I pray so that I know that my prayers bless the people that I'm praying for? And so we're gonna look at three different, I guess, conditions, if you want to call it that, um, that you need to know, um, that God wants us to know, to understand about how our prayers um, will be blessed. So number one, if you've got your, uh, your outline or you've got the Bible app and you've got that uh, opened up, you can follow along here as we, as we go through. Uh, so number one is that your prayers will be blessed if you really believe that God knows what is best. If you really believe that God knows what is best. Here's the deal. When our prayers bless others, it's all because of the power of Jesus. Okay, so let's start there. It's not because of us. It's because of the power of Jesus. And while this may sound interesting to say, well, we've got three conditions of, of how our prayers can be blessed, we need to kind of start with the idea, though, that it's not our power. It's not our power. It's, it's the power of God. It's the power of Jesus. 
And it's important because, to, to start with that idea, because he's the one that gets the credit, not me, not you. He's the one that gets the credit when we are trusting that God knows what's best. We really need to, to look at that. Prayer is not about us. It's not about us being sincere enough. It's not about us praying uh, powerfully enough or hard enough or long enough or you know, have I worn holes in the knees of my jeans because I've been praying for so long. It's not about those things. It's, it's just like salvation, to be quite honest. It's just like salvation, where salvation is not something that we can take credit for. It's not something that if you have the privilege to pray with somebody and, and they accept Christ and they trust Christ as their savior, that's not you. That's God, that's Jesus, that's, that's the Holy Spirit coming into their lives. You got to be a, an, a part of that, but that's not you. And so it's about trusting God and to know what is best and, and to trust that he knows what is best. And we call that faith. Interestingly enough, we call that faith. So when you want God to bless your prayers, you have to, as cliche as it sounds, let go and let God. Um, you have to trust him. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. I don't know if you've ever like, put that together because we just kind of tag that at the end of our prayers. I know even my kids do when we're you know, just praying for a meal or whatever, you know, in Jesus' name, amen. It's just part of how we say it. But do, do we really get that we're praying in Jesus' name, because it's his power that does it. And when we don't, that's when our selfish desires, that's when our, that's when our wants and wishes start to overtake maybe what God wants for us. We need to surrender to what God knows, to, to the fact that God knows best. Prayer, in many ways, and getting prayer right, is about surrender. It's really about surrendering to God, surrendering to his will. But there are those times when we don't know exactly how to pray. We maybe don't know what to say. We're in a, we're in a circumstance where we, we don't know what to say other than to just know to trust God's will is what's best. But look at this verse here, Romans 8, 26. It says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed with words. You know, the Holy Spirit, also known as, as the, the advocate, the helper, um, on behalf of you is, is able to, to pray to God in, in many ways on your behalf when we're at those moments when we just don't know what to say. And sometimes that's you just don't know what to say, and other times it's, man, maybe there's a circumstance or something going on in, in your life, and you're just... I know I've been in some of those situations before and you just don't know what to say, but to know, but to know that, that that's okay and that, and that God is, is with you. We need to look at the example of Jesus. Let's look at the example of Jesus here. You know, a few hours before he was crucified on the cross, um, he was praying. Jesus prayed and his prayer was actually in many ways praying for you, praying for, for you and I to be blessed. He knew what was coming Jesus knew what was coming. He was 100% God and 100% man, but he knew what was coming. He knew about the pain, the suffering, the excruciating stuff that he was gonna have to go through on the cross. And rather than beg for what he wanted, because I gotta believe that all of the pain and suffering that he was gonna go through, that he wasn't you know, entirely like psyched about that. 
I mean, he was 100% man and he felt all of it, but he couldn't have been like, this is gonna be a blast. Not, not at all, not at all. He, but he trusted God. He trusted his heavenly father to know what was best. Look at Matthew 26, verse 39. It says, he went on a little further, bowed with his face to the ground praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. You can see it right there where he's saying, this is not my preferred way of saving humanity, but if this is what you want, God, then that's fine. And sometimes we have to get to that place. I remember being, uh, being at the hospital with, uh, with Lincoln. He's, he's seven. And um, unfortunately, I've been in the hospital with uh, almost all my kids um, with something or another. But, but this particular one um, was not fun. And for those of you that are parents that have been in a circumstance where you're sitting at your kid's bedside, you know um, that's, <laughs> it's not fun. Um, and it's also extremely tough. Um, and I remember this a few years ago. He had something going on in his stomach, and I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of it, but there was a point where for a couple of days, we had no idea. We had no idea what was happening. And let me just say, side note, you guys probably know this already. If there's a medical condition wrong with somebody and they haven't diagnosed what it is yet, the worst thing to do is Google it. Amen. Don't do that, <laughs> all right? And I know, I'm like, you're like, well, duh. But, you know, you, you start to do that because we had no idea what was going on in the doctors. Had no idea what was going on. Every, every time they were, they were testing him, and came back negative. You start Googling his symptoms, looking on, and you know, looking on WebMD or whatever, and we're starting to read things like Crohn's disease. We're starting to read things like, uh, like stomach cancer. And, all, and finally, we're just like, put the phone down. Like, nope, let's not do this until we know what's going on. And that was, a, that was not a fun three days. And I remember literally, literally, physically, on my knees at Lincoln's bedside, holding his hand and praying and saying, God, and you, you just don't know what to say. And, and you're just, and I know some of you have been through much worse things than this. And my heart goes out to you, but some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Turned out he, he had salmonella uh, poisoning and um, it just had to kind of flush its way out of his system. But man, what a relief in many ways. But literally at the point where we're praying, God, your will be done here. Because as a dad, and I know all the dads in here get this, you want to fix it. You want to fix it. You're like, I, I, gotta, I gotta fix this. I gotta take care of my boy. What I, 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 and, and I couldn't. I'm handcuffed. I couldn't do anything except sit there and pray and trust that God knows what's best and trust in his power. At those moments, it's exactly what Jesus is doing. Jesus is teaching us by his example that if, if we wanna bless others with prayer, if we wanna bless other people, we have to trust that God knows what's best. We have to trust that God knows what's best. That's the first condition. Number two. Number two is your prayers will be blessed if your motives are pure. If your motives are pure. You know, looking at these cards and these, uh, these frames here, um, a lot of us wrote down names a few weeks ago of people that we were praying for uh, to come to know Christ for salvation. That's specifically what these were for. These names are of people who don't know Jesus as Savior, and we are praying that they will. And that is an extremely pure motive. 
That is one of the best kind of motives that we can have, if not the best, is praying for people to come to salvation. But have you ever been in a setting where you feel like you have to kind of impress people with your prayer? You know what I'm talking about? You're like at Thanksgiving or Christmas or something, maybe like the movie, but hopefully not like the movie. And, and you're at one of those circumstances and, and you know, either you're asked to pray or somebody's asked to pray and you feel like, all right, I gotta nail this. You know what I mean? Like this, this gotta be good. You know, and your, your, your relatives are all around or something like that. And for whatever reason, you start praying in King James English and you have maybe a little bit of an English accent where you, Father, thou will be done in thine house. You know what I'm talking about, right? And you know those people that all of a sudden, when, like, they have, you can have a normal conversation with them. And then when they start praying, it's the whole, like, thee, thou, though, and you're like, what? Um, and it's interesting. And I'm, and I'm not saying nothing, you know, specifically about those people, so don't take that wrong. Like, I'm, you know, calling out people. But, but it can be awkward when you can tell that maybe your prayers or someone else's prayers, their motives really aren't pure. And, and I think we can agree that if you're praying to impress people, that that's not what God has in mind here because the only person that matters what they think about our prayers is God. He's the only person that, that we should be, I, I don't wanna say trying to impress, I don't, I don't mean that right, uh, I don't mean to say it that way, but but what God thinks about my heart and about my motives is really all that matters when it comes to prayer. And the, the Pharisees and the people back in Jesus' day did not get this right at all. In fact, Jesus saved his harshest criticisms. For the, We don't think about Jesus as somebody that criticizes somebody, but he did. He, he saved his harshest criticisms for the spiritually self-righteous people, the people that walked around with their nose in the air like they were super spiritual and you're not and you are blessed to be in my presence. Those people, look at this verse. Matthew 6, 5 says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners. This is Jesus talking, by the way. And in the synagogues where everyone can see them, I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. That is all the reward they will ever get is the fact that people heard them and saw them. And so when we look at the examples of the Pharisees, it sounds to me like they fell short of this condition and they, and they didn't get this right because the truth is they were really just wasting their time. They were wasting their time. Their prayers did no good. Nobody was being blessed. They were the only ones getting the reward, if you wanna call it that. Here's the thing though. I think a lot of us, if we're gonna be honest with ourselves, have probably been in that position. I know, I know just speaking from, from myself, I could think of times, seasons, moments of my life. Maybe my motives weren't, weren't quite what they should be. If we're being honest with ourselves, I think all of us can probably see ourselves a little bit in that area where we just didn't get this right. And we sounded maybe just like this. Look at Matthew 23. Verse 14, the expanded Bible translation here, it says, how terrible for you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You are hypocrites. You take away widows' houses and you say long prayers so that people will notice you. So you will have a worse punishment. We need to be sure that our motives are pure when we're praying. We're not praying to impress anybody but God. We're not praying to be seen or to be heard by anybody but God. And if maybe you haven't gotten this right, it's okay. 
We can, you know, part of, of growing in our faith is gaining knowledge, as it says in Colossians. We can gain knowledge and, and wisdom and understanding, maybe how, how we should get things right. We just need to be real. When you're praying, you just need to be real. I talk to students um, who, who have even said, you know, said this. They're like, I just don't, I don't know what to say. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm like nervous and I'm going to say the wrong thing or I'm going I'm to do the wrong thing or whatever. And, and I get that. And I don't think that stops with just students. I think that goes all the way up. I think sometimes we get nervous about that we're going to say the right thing or say the wrong thing and, and all of that. The thing is, God is our friend, and, and we need to just pray to him and talk to him like he's our friend. Should we be reverent? Of course. Should our motives, though, be pure? That's the most important thing. If our motives are pure, God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outer, right? That applies to so many things. And prayer is definitely one of them as well. If your motives are pure, God will bless. And you know, it's funny, when, when I'm praying for other people and I've got pure motives, I end up not praying for the stuff I want as much as I end up just praying for other people. That's, that's part of the growth process of growing in your faith. But you wanna know the best prayer that you can pray for other people? I talked about it a minute ago, but the best prayer you can, pr you can pray for other people is to pray for them to be saved, for those that don't know Christ. These right here, these are awesome. These are so many names. It's, it's awesome, but at the same time, it shows us we've got a lot of work to do, don't we? We all know a lot of people in our lives who don't know Jesus, who don't have the hope of Jesus Christ in their life. And so we're gonna do something kinda cool with these. Um, we're gonna hang these in the hall downstairs between the gym and ABT Central, that big open hallway there. We're gonna hang these on the wall for a couple of reasons. We're gonna be able to pray for them as we walk past them. But more importantly, something that we're gonna be able to do, well, I guess not more importantly because there's nothing really more important than praying for them, but we're also going to put markers, permanent markers next to these so that when your prayer is answered, you can write the date right next to them. You can write it on there permanently, right on the front of it. There's a, there's a piece of plexiglass right there, but you can permanently write when Jesus showed up in Justin's life. Just picking a name randomly out there. Or, you know, and that, and that might be, that may have already happened, hopefully. Maybe not. Maybe it's something that, that you're still praying about. And when that happens, we can write the date that that prayer was answered, that that person came to Christ for salvation. And that'll be a really, really cool thing to be able to look at and tangibly, tangibly look at it and say, look at how God has moved through prayer. Because that's really what these, what these represent, is God moving through prayer. There's one more condition, the third is that your prayers will be blessed if you really know God. Your prayers will be blessed if you really know God. You know, because of Jesus, we can know God. Because of Jesus, we can know God. We can have a relationship with him through Jesus. So let's look at this passage in Matthew here. It says in Matthew 6, 7, and when you pray, 
Don't be like those people who don't know God. They continue saying things that mean nothing, thinking that God will hear them because of their many words. See, prayer is not about the words that you use or how long you pray or any of those things. It's about our faith relationship with Jesus. That's really what prayer is about. We're supposed to believe that by faith that God is going to do something that God is going to answer because we have a relationship with him and we trust him. And so when I started at the beginning and said that not all prayers find favor with God, it's very true as you're seeing here in, in the words of Jesus that those that don't know him, their prayers don't, don't find favor with God. So when you pray, we need to keep believing. We need to keep growing in our faith and to focus on growing your relationship with God. And if you don't have a relationship with God, I'm just gonna time out for a second and say, today can be the day of salvation for you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you're not 100% sure that if something were to happen to you today, on the way home, before we dismiss, that you would be in heaven with him, you're not sure that, that you have that relationship with God, let today be that day. I would love to talk to you. I know we've got other pastors and other people in, in the room that could, that could talk to you. You could come over to the booths at the end of the service. If you're not totally sure about that, let's get that straight because it's really just a simple, simple moment of putting your full faith and trust in Jesus and believing that he died for you, that he rose again for you. He's coming back for you. And that is the starting point of your relationship with him. That's not the end. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. But let's look at this example here in the Jerusalem church. The example of the Jerusalem church, which is the first church, but as the church, I think we should look at what the church is supposed to be doing in terms of prayer. It says in Acts 12, 5, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. They had a, a situation where their church leader was in a spot he didn't wanna be in, quite frankly. And so what did they do? They didn't riot. You know, they didn't go crazy all over Facebook because they didn't have it. But they got together, even if they did, they would have known the best thing we can do, the most powerful thing we can do is that we can pray. Prayer is one of the most powerful things that we have. And don't you underestimate it for a second. I have seen prayer do some powerful, powerful things. Yet we don't always, we don't always utilize it. If you really want God to bless your prayers, you're gonna wanna connect with other believers. That's what this is showing us right here, the example of the Jerusalem church. The church came together to pray. They came together to pray and to pray together. And this is the example that we have of the first church in Jerusalem. And so I wanna do that right now, if we could. Might be awkward, might be weird, but my students will know what I'm about to say here. Awkward is awesome, all right? But here's the thing. The example of the Jerusalem church is that they got together and prayed. We need to get together and pray. We need to get together and pray. And we need to put some feet to this right here, right now. So I hope that you're willing to jump in and join me here for just a second in prayer. So here's what I wanna do people that are around you, whether you know them or you don't know them. And if you feel uncomfortable praying out loud, I get it, it's fine. It's one of those things that's actually, you know, right up there with public speaking is like something that people are afraid of is 
praying in front of others and praying out loud, and I get that. So hopefully there's maybe one person around you in your group that you can pray with. But I think it would be amazing for all of us in the bridge to pray right now and pray for the same things. So I want to get in groups of three or five, something like that, just with the people around you, somewhere in there, no more than five. And we're going to pray for these things. And let me just kind of flesh them out here for just a quick second. Number one, that God will bless one person that is on your heart. Maybe it's one of these cards. Maybe it's somebody that you sent a card to last week. Maybe you didn't do either one of those, but you have somebody on your heart, somebody that you know needs Jesus. Maybe everybody in the group share a name if you've got one. And pray for that person. Pray for that name. Next, that God will bless our church. And by our church, I mean our body of believers. That God will bless our body of believers and continue to use us to reach people for Christ. That's really what we're called to do. And then thirdly, that God will bless the Believe Land vision, vision, which is a piece of blessing our church, our vision of being able to, to not let the weight of the building keep us down and, and move forward in in reaching people for Jesus and putting more of our resources into reaching people for Christ. I know a lot of you know that we're, we're really close on some things and as far as moving, moving forward with, with the building and all that. Let's, let's pray that that process continues if that's God's will, if that is God's will. And if it's not, if God's will is for the doors to be slammed in our face, then we need to be willing to pray for that as well. That's tough to say, but it's the truth. If God's will is not right now, then we need to pray for that as well. But if it is, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing because we know that we've been faithful, we've been praying. And when God comes through and answers prayer, it's nothing short of a miracle. And I believe we're gonna see that soon. So let's get together and let's pray. There's value in the volume of prayer. Let's pray. We're gonna give just a couple of minutes for everybody in here to pray. And I will close us in prayer and the band will take us out with, with worship. So let's pray. Father, I love you, Lord, and I thank you for this, uh, for this time that we've had. Lord, I thank you for the prayers that are, that are going up and, uh, Lord, for the hearts, the lives in this room. Lord, I pray that every single name that's on these, these frames up here. Lord, every name that's on the hearts of, of all of us in here, I hope that we all have at least one person that we're praying for, that we're moving toward, trying to move toward you. So Father, I just pray that you would bless every card, every name, every one of us, God, that you would use us to reach them, that you would give us divine appointments this week to be able to, to maybe somebody a little bit closer to you. God, I pray for our church, for our church body. Lord, for each and every one of us, Lord, we're, we're only as, as healthy of a church as, as we can be personally. So Lord, I pray that each one of us would, would own the piece of the vision that we have here as, as the body of Christ, as your body of believers. Lord, that you would just continue to use us to reach people. Father, for the Believe Land vision that's just as much a part of that. Lord, I pray that as, as decisions are being made, as, as circumstances are, are happening and things are, are moving forward, God, we want your will to be done, not ours. God, if you want us to move forward, 
Father, I know that you'll make it happen. Lord, and if, and if maybe the, the circumstance that, and, and the discussions that are happening right now, Lord, if maybe they, they shouldn't be, Lord, then I pray that you would close that door because that may not be where you want us to go. But God, if it is, I pray that you would kick that door open wide. Father, I know that we as a church, as a body of believers, have a heart to want to reach our community and to reach people for you. And so, God, I pray that you would move us to be able to do that, to be able to put our resources into that. But God, even at a, at a personal level, Lord, I pray that each of us, more than anything, would be growing in our relationship with you daily. God, that each of us would take this idea of prayer and prayer blessing others. Lord, that we would understand the power that we have to be able to talk to you at any time. listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.